Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. First time in a long time, but it seems like just yesterday when we were side by side. Beast mode, no one's blocking our way. These other guys tried it, but them man ain't got the skills Of Braden and Davey, brazen and raging, bringing you the thrills and spills Who is the best? Nah, that one is easy, coming with a champion sound Relentless flow, and there ain't no stopping me, it's best for you to tap out When I get on the war path, laying the smack down, a rumble will ensue Hamilton's so ahead of them, Portman, take a Portman, that's a culture view First time in a long time, but back like I never left Taking these days as it comes, you know me, I don't read ahead Watch me burn down everything, BBE on the TV set when I'm in control on the road, you can never really know what's up next. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Brayden Harrington here with Davey Portman for Up Next, postwrestling.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Patreon.com, and Davey, where else can they find us? You can find us every Wednesday night and every WWE pay-per-view and NXT TakeOver and you know what? The occasional AEW pay-per-view on youtube.com forward slash up next. Big hello to our YouTube room. They today, during this takeover, have been our friends. Friends! Friends! friends. Hello, friends. Yes, yes. indeed. Um, this we has are, been... Yeah, I mean, we are your NXT friends. We do go on YouTube live after NXT every Wednesday. And we have been, you know, in this pandemic era, been doing so many of these watch-alongs. Now, WWE tends to do their watch-alongs with some of the, 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 the wrestlers, like, with them. But I feel like it's still... They got to stay on a level, right? Our level in the BD, the Brain Davies State, is drinking White Claws, hitting that legal vape pens, you know what I mean? Hanging out uh, with our friends. And that's what it's, it's become something so much fun that I actually look forward to more so than the actual wrestling. It's, it's become kind of the, the, the pandemic era of 
uh, BD podcasts, right? Has been this, yeah. this, oh, it's a pay-per-view this Sunday. Let's, let's hang out I in have, the YouTube room. I have, I don't, I am like avoiding the, the family Zoom calls and stuff. Cause I'm like, uh, like I'll call you individually and talk to you and text with you. But like, but when it comes to hanging out with strangers on the internet who all like wrestling, I'm there all the time, oh, yeah. right away. I'm always there. Uh, we are your NXT friends. We are the NXT podcast. And yes, post wrestling is the network we are part of. Um, but John and Way took the night off. And we're watching some NXT. Well, we did watch some NXT with our watch along, which was so much fun, like I said. But it's time for the NXT post show because we are in your house. In your house. What a great thing to have in their back pocket, right? Yes. We all like a bit of nostalgia here and there. Of course. Uh, WWE relies heavily on nostalgia a lot of the time. <clears throat> Bill Goldberg. <laughs> um, so we've got this pandemic era. And NXT has this ability of, I'd say, making old new again, uh, like we've seen with the likes of War Games and stuff like that. Like Todd Penningale? Like Todd Penningale. <laughs> um, so to have this in-your-house concept in their back pocket when we're in the era of Empty Arena uh, seemed great. We haven't had a takeover since, what, the Rumble? Since January. Wow. Is Am I right in thinking that? Did we have one just before... Yeah, I, it's been a long time. I, I feel like it's been since January, since we had a takeover. So it, it felt like a bigger deal. We were obviously still in full sale, but we had that uh, in-your-house set. We had an awesome kind of opening video package. We we relied on nostalgia. Um, it felt like a takeover tonight, I think. Yeah, so WWE has this in-your-house thing that they used to do in the 90s, and it was like a whole... To me, it looks like the set from America's Funniest Home Videos or whatever. I'm pretty sure it's the same fucking set. Um, they they kind of took that, like, hey, we are stuck in our houses, so why not use this property name that we own in your house? And mm. I think it's very creative. The, the, the logo looks sick. Like, the in-your-house takeover logo belongs on a shirt just looks awesome um and it's it's a smart way to continue we know there's there's no people in the crowd so they put the they put nxt wrestlers all over wwe shows which yes. geez at least give them chairs yeah just give them chairs <laughs> but uh the nxt there are enough of them in that fucking dream cole match weren't oh there? we'll get to that was this takeover worthy we shall find out but um yeah this technically is a takeover and uh, did it fare up? Did it add up? I would say off the bat, yes. I thought this was an enjoyable two... I think this ran two hours, 20 minutes, which was great. Like, this is just just a little bit longer than your TV show, but obviously you don't have the commercial breaks. Um, it it kind of took me back to the, the old days of NXT when you had um, the full sale takeovers. Now, someone in the chat room said that this is the first time the women have main evented a, a takeover in five years and we were scratching our heads going really has it been that long and it, it was it was five years ago it was uh takeover respect takeover respect because october they, 7 2015 they used to do these uh takeovers in full sale all the time so for me it kind of just felt like that again it, it did feel like a big deal sure it's no barclays center but I think we're beyond that now. It, we've been in this kind of state of wrestling for three months. Yeah. So we're kind of used to it. And they, they did enough to change it and make tonight feel special from kind of code orange kicking off the show huh. to, uh, kind of takeover worthy ring gear. 
Yeah, um, I mean, hey, we're going to get another ring gear because that's a big discussion. Oh, yeah. Uh, big discussion. We, we, uh, do so we do NXT podcasts. We do NXT the TV reviews every Wednesday. And then we do our, our Patreon, patreon.com slash up next, where we cover all sorts of things like NXT versus AEW reviews, uh, old NXT reviews and movie reviews. But this kind of tops everything because tonight we had a watch along. And I love to have drinking games during these watch alongs. Oh, yes. So I thought. It would be funny that we would have a drinking game for take a drink for every time you see Kona Reeves on the screen. Now that that just beats everything I've ever seen because tonight the the Performance Center NXT crowd is the audience, like they're the the crowd, and there we saw like all sorts of people. Oh yeah, we had Zaya uh, Lee getting into it. You had Rick Bugenhagen. You had uh, Everise, as you mentioned. But the one guy we weren't sure. Does he still have a job? Well, he does, and Kona Reeves was there. We've been kind of worried, because there have been rumours circulating since, I'd say even before the mass releases, on the status of the finest. The finest. Kona Reeves. So, and we had his first NXT sighting in months. He so made his if, takeover debut, maybe. If, <laughs> if that wasn't enough, we were already on a high from seeing Kona Reeves front row. Hey, is this... Was Kona Reeves the... The front row takeover spot. He was, you the know, you've had the, the Matt Riddle front row. You've had Keith Lee front row. <laughs> it was had Kona Bobby Reeves. Roode front row. We had Bobby. Sorry, we had Kona Reeves front row. Uh it was just great. So I went on uh, Twitter and I just tweeted Kona Reeves. That was all I tweeted, and Kona Reeves liked the tweet. And then uh, we were doing our watch along, and we I created the drinking game every time because it would cut to different people in the crowd because they're wrestling. And it would cut to him quite often, considering where he was he was placed. So every time you see Kona, we would drink. And then I tweeted out, the drinking game is set for, on Twitter, at the Brady, at Up Next Podcast. And Kona Reeves said, bet. He replied. <laughs> and then it cut to him, and he's on his phone. And he, he's on his phone tweeting throughout the whole show. You know, I, th- I think he was actually writing a longer tweet, because... We also saw him getting told off for being yeah. in the shot on his phone. <laughs> when the band but, Code Orange came, they were doing there like, we're in the crowd. And then you just see Kona, like, Twitter thumbs over there. And they're like, whoa, get the fuck out of the shot. I think he was, like, going, bets on, lads. <laughs> you got me. Like, let me know how drunk you get. How lit are you now? Holler every time you see me. All this. <laughs> and then they're like, Kona, get the fuck out of the shot. So he just clicks send. That is what I think. Uh, all I know is uh, I'm I have a tweet reply from Kona Reeves and I'm framing it is what I'm gonna nice. do. But yes, the Kona Reeves drinking game was a success in the watch along. I don't know what backlash watch along drinking game we're gonna do, but it's not gonna be as good as every time you see Kona Reeves. How about the the drinking game for backlash is every time something surprises you in a positive way? <laughs> huh. Wow. That, that was good. That match was okay. Huh. Drink. All right. That's a, that's it so far. Yep. Join us for our Backlash Watch Along <laughs> for that. Uh, so we are takeover in your house. Therefore, we are in your house. We Yes. So we start the, sh- we start the show with Flo Rida, your house, my house. Welcome to your house is what they should have started. But instead, it's Code Orange. Uh, they're performing their, their song Underneath, which... You know, WWE has so much Flow Rida and so much like of that stuff. It's kind of cool to have like you know metal or like yeah, heavy alternative a- or trap uh, music or a much different. more your heavy 
Yeah, just alternative music. Yeah. Like, not just your kind of, you know, the songs your mom listens to, like, on their top 40 stations. You know what I mean? Like, it's more really, different. I, I really like which this. I respect. I, I thought, um, I thought they sounded great. They performed great. There are I, no I downstate. I wasn't sure this choice's song for this pay-per-view, personally. I think when you're kind yeah. of doing the retro throwback thing, maybe, maybe not. But I think, hey, the, the bar's set pretty low when it comes to wrestling live music performances, right? This uh, year? Just in general. Oh, Come okay. on. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I thought this was pretty good. And, and again, a good way to make this feel like this is a special event tonight. Welcome to your house is... Hey, I'm waiting for the Code Orange Poppy, uh, like, team up. What about that? It's poppy? like when, when Flo Rider and Pitbull finally got together for <laughs> WrestleMania. That's what we need for NXT. NXT Brooklyn, TakeOver Brooklyn 5. I'm calling it now. Poppy and Code Orange. The only flow ride I want to hear tonight is, I think, with Pitbull, where it's, oh, we, oh, we, oh, we, I got a green light, baby, and you know what I mean? I got a... Yeah, that's a banger. It is a banger. It's no Code Orange, but it's a banger. We do start with Code Orange. They put on a cool thing. Shout out them. And we start off with a match. The six women tag match. Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim versus Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, and the Poison Pixie, Candice LeRae. Now, I have said on uh, Up Next a few times that I am a giant fan of Shotzi Blackheart because just everything she stands for, pretty much. Uh, you know, I've, I've never been aware of that. I was never so, aware you were a fan of Shotzi Blackheart so until this very second. She took over the NXT Instagram and right. went all day like doing her normal daily routines and just showed like what she does. Her room looks like my room. She's got Frankenstein and stuff. Her dog's name is Bella Lugosi, which is funny, or Boris Karloff. Um, but she also loves karaoke. She does what we do, essentially, in the BD. I just, I compared to her. She also did goat yoga on the Instagram, and I'm not sure what goat yoga is, but Shotzi Blackheart it's, would do apparently it. Apparently <laughs> goats have something very calming about them. Really? Yeah, you'll often see, um, I, I think it's horses, like horses when they can get agitated or whatever, Weird. they'll they'll tie a like a goat next to them <laughs> and they're like, All right, I got my goat, it's all good, everything's good. There's something a calming aura goats give off, so a lot of people do yoga with them. Well, uh Shotzi did not ride a goat down to the ring, but she's riding in the tank. The tank. And I'm not sure if you know this, but she was raised by her dad. <laughs> raised by my dad. <laughs> she comes out in the tank, daddy with this banging jacket's got some sort of gremlins vibe. Uh Really badass ring gear here. She is here to fight. I uh, love the entrance. Tegan Knox, her tag team partner, also has some really flexing gear with the jacket, and the, it just looks good. Actually, everyone in, in everyone tonight had great everyone gear. tonight. Had, I don't Mia know Yim. whether this was stuff they maybe had prepared for Mania. Tampa, um, but it, yeah, everyone looked great tonight. Uh, really rose the occasion of this being a, a big deal. Candice LeRae even had wings because she's a pixie. Yeah, they look great. I loved her yeah. new look, her new theme. Uh, I need to listen to both her and Gargano's theme kind of on YouTube to like get it stuck in. Cause it, it's still a bit jarring hearing them come out to this new music. I'll tell you what's jarring. How the fact, the crime that Io Shirai's theme is still not on Spotify or Apple still? music. Yeah. I, Damn. Like, come on. Uh, when it is someone, please tag me. So this is a six women's tag. Uh, Tegan Knox is in with Dakota. Uh, it's like their past, uh, cannot escape each other. Oh, I forgot to mention that when, 
uh, Dakota Kai and, and Raquel Gonzalez come out in their entrance. There's a split second where Dakota goes, cause the set is like in your house. It's the yeah. classic in your house, but even with the front lawn and everything with the door and all the stuff, they do the classic big daddy, cool Shawn Michaels tag team pose. And then she's like, nah, fuck you. And then like <laughs> fizzles out the camera. It's really funny. It looked great. Cause Raquel is the diesel to Dakota's Shawn. But Tegan and Dakota start off. They can't escape each other. Tegan hits the cannonball. There's some sort of reverse sling blade from Shotzi when she tags in. Um, she moves out of the way from Candace's senton. Shotzi gets a suicide dive. Then Raquel catches her and tosses her. Mia comes and does a dive as well. Then Candace does a move. Like, everyone's just doing moves everywhere. Then Tegan Knox hits this, like, flying, like, almost like a molly go-round off the top mm. to the outside onto everyone. Back in the ring, Shotzi hits a leg lariat, the cannonball into the ropes, but can't keep Candace down. Mia tags in and fights on, beats on Candace and hits a, just a, a dragon suplex for a two count. Um, Luray hits, like, a, I don't know what you call this move, where you suplex them while their, like, hands are almost through their, like, crotch, because... Um, Joey Ryan, who is Candice LeRae's like ex tag team partner, mm. does it all the time. But I don't know if he calls it like the the balls plex or the, the right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't want to call it that, but she's doing this move. Looks cool. Um, there's a shining wizard that's blocked into a power bomb. Um, Mia Yim goes for some moves. They they start fighting through the garage at one point. Like, Yim, Yim and <laughs> yeah, Candace, Candace LeRae yeah. and Mia Yim just fuck. They off. just fuck off. They just yeah. leave this match. They don't care. They go to the garage. They're hanging out with your dad or something. Um, here, Shotzi Blackheart gets some sort of like sliced bread combo move here. This, this was really cool. This, at this point in the match, everyone was kind of countering each other's move, and Shotzi did a sliced bread number two. But while uh, I think she kicked off of was it Gonzalez to hit it to Kai. It looked great. So she kind of ran up someone as she was hitting it. Uh, looked really cool. This whole, this whole like transition of move to move was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, it looked great. And then this leaves Tegan in the ring with Dakota who runs at her and hits the shiniest wizard. And Tegan finally getting her retribution, I'd say, over Dakota with the win. Tegan and Shotzi standing tall here and they're kind of the tag team that i've wanted to see get a push yeah and i think uh this kind of felt like they were putting to bed that dakota tegan feud she got the win back and maybe we are now going to focus on them more as a tag team and maybe we will get that sasha banks and bailey to nxt um yeah we we talked about this when they were champs and now they're champs again yes so they could do that so i think uh you've You've put them over. Uh, Bailey and Sasha are obviously your heel tag team champions at the moment. Uh, bring them to NXT for, especially especially now when they want that kind of spike uh, on a Wednesday night. I think have them up against Tegan and Shotzi could be a lot of fun. But this match in particular, I thought was a great way to open the show. Just a bit of a, a kind of good car crash, like everyone just getting their shit in. Um, Raquel Gonzalez is really actually starting to impress me I, I tend not to be a fan of kind of your big power wrestlers like I, I much prefer watching your uh high flyers and stuff but I feel she's she's pretty solid and and looks great with Dakota I really enjoyed the the way she managed to pick Tegan up from the shiniest wizard blocking a shiniest wizard to go into a power bomb I thought that looked awesome um I will get to the Mia Yim and Candice stuff maybe a little later okay. when we see them again. But yeah, I, I thought a great way to open the show. 
Yeah, I I like the fact that it kind of does make sense for Shotzi and uh, Tegan to get that little rub here. I do like Dakota and Raquel, but like it just kind of helps these two if you're kind of pushing them as a tag team now. And now with the the hope that we have with you know fantasy booking of Sasha and Bailey, those are matches that we want to see both yes. those teams versus that and, team. And I feel I feel one of the things why uh, maybe I'm I'm just reading into this, but one of the things when. Sasha and Bailey were disappointed so much when they lost the tag titles was I believe this was kind of a bucket list thing they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I I think they wanted to come back to NXT that they showed up to say they were going to defend their titles and then didn't and then didn't because they they did once. I think they did once. Um, Someone did once. It was the Kabuki Warriors. It it wasn't even them. So it wasn't even them. So I, I feel it might be a bucket list thing for them to do to go back to full sale. Um, and I think to heat up a, a good, strong babyface team that the crowd like, because uh, I think we could be gearing towards actual full sale attendance again in the next yeah. few weeks. By there the was some, there was some rumors online that some fans were kind of in. Tenet. I'm sure the Everton guy was there. And, <laughs> um, Izzy, Izzy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like this match. It kind of felt like a TV match, but it was a good match. It was, it was solid. Um, Way better than when I tried to watch the women's division on Monday Night Raw, and I think I saw Kyrie Zane get injured again. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, sure if I'm on. watching replays. Or... I'm not sure if if it's just the same episode they keep airing where this giant woman keeps hurting this smaller woman and just keeps happening. And, and I, th- I mean, that's so strange. I go back to us kind of praising Raquel Gonzalez here. If you want a giant, you've got one. Yeah. You've got one who's safe. Who's who's. <laughs> I know, like I, I don't like shitting on people, but come on, it, yeah, it's thunder striking in the same place fucking ten times, right? Um, I, I say go with Raquel, like transition Nia into some other role. I don't know if you really want to keep her in the con- company, but like I'd say go with Gonzalez yeah. as your giant in the. I, I don't like. Division. I don't. We. I don't watch the main roster too much. We are the NXT people. We watch AEW a lot, and we do so much Patreon shows where I don't have time to like watch the main roster. We have other. You know, I have another job and stuff. But I, I, I tune in every now and then when I want to check out what's going on. Especially we're going to be doing backlash and stuff. I'm like, oh, I want to check what's going on, and I see that, and I'm like, why is this still happening? Anyways, that's not our show. But it's no. just <laughs> both those characters of wrestlers came from NXT, and like Nia Jax was hurting people in NXT. And she's still doing it. Like she's years on. She's gotten worse. She's gotten worse. She's regressed yeah. as a wrestler. And I don't know. Uh, get her out of here. Yeah. And she's always wearing trash bags as her gear. I don't yeah. understand. She's- anyway, these six women were fantastic. <laughs> uh, Love the opening. It, yeah. It got, I, I was really pumped. Start of this show. Yeah. Uh, like awesome set. Cool ring gear. Code orange. Six women. Tag match. I'm all happy. Exactly. At this point. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, any Shotzi Blackout always makes me happy. You know what else makes me happy? William Regal voicing the new commercial for WWE Good Humor Ice Cream Bars. Ice Cream Bars. So there's Becky Lynch, there's John Cena, there's Macho Man, no CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> like, WWE always catching on to something, like, years, years later. too late. And I want ice cream bars. All right, cool. And then, like, years later, like, you know you know what would be good? Ice cream bars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good humor ice cream bars. Uh, Eric Bugenhagen is in this. He says they're good. Drake Maverick is here. Uh, Drake Maverick uh, just re-signed to WWE. Without reading that contract. And in the contract, it said, he, he said that I want my own ice cream bar. 
they said, sure, Drake, you get your own ice cream bar. And then he signed the contract that Triple H brought out to him uh, on Wednesday night. And then after reading the fine print and said, yeah, you don't get your own ice cream bar. We're just going to give you one to hold while we, you advertise it in our <laughs> commercial. Uh, but they're funny. There will, there'll be a few others later on. Up next is a, is the wild card. Mm. Uh, wild card of the match. Uh, the, the card, I'd say the wild card of the card. Damien Priest versus Finn Balor. So a demon versus a vampire. A demon versus a, a vampire. This is, yeah. Buffy, Buffy in 2020. Wow. As we said, WWE catching on to things a little too late. Um, this was a match that uh, we didn't see anything building to this on on Wednesday. If anything, we were building towards Cameron Grimes versus Finn Balor. Cameron Grimes. From Cameron Grimes uh, from this week's show. Um, this is the one maybe I had the least interest in going in. Um, but yeah, get, get, go into the match. Because yeah. I had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, this is the one people in our watch-along um, who were like, everyone in the chat was like, oh, this is going to be kind of a sleeper hit, is what they thought. Mm. Um, which is great, because Punishment Martinez, he's had some bangers over the years in his wrestling career. And I don't know if these two have ever crossed paths before. So this is interesting. Um, Damien Priest comes out in some different gear. Now, I always call him a vampire, because I think low-key his character is one, because he wants to live forever. But... Do vampires wear white? Because here he is in white gear. But you know what? It looked sick. It's like Rhea Ripley wore white. She was more so like trying to go for Vegeta. She was like SNM Vegeta at WrestleMania gear. It's like she was gonna throw it out, and Damian Priest was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What is what's going on with that? You're throwing that does, out. Does does that blue peel off? Does that come off there? The for blue a comes off. Perfect. Yeah. Can I see that? And with he took it. Size, right? He took it and made it something that like fits his thing. Uh, it looked really badass, if I must say. But if you thought that looked good, out comes the Armani Exchange model, Finn Balor, not the demon, but Finn Balor, the model. He comes out with like these like shiny, uh, I don't even velvet. <laughs> navy blue trunks it was it was slick i'd yeah. say yeah usually you're looking at his abs but with this gear you're like whoa that's that's some shiny stuff um your cats would go wild so these two start off with, when balor gets in the ring he instantly runs at priest with his drop kick and the bell starts and he just is attacking priest who goes out on the outside he ain't want none of that shit but they start to brawl uh, they bring out the the steel steps at one point here, where you think they're going to use it, but uh, we'll get to that later. Back in the ring, Priest hits this some sort of like in, inverted flatliner. Uh, there's the broken yeah, it, arrow. He was he almost leaped as he was doing it. This looked great. It's a falcon Priest. arrow, but he like throws. So you. he did two. There was a, there was a bit he caught um, Bala and hit a, like a leaping flatliner, which looked great. And then uh, it's later on he. He goes for the razor's edge. That gets countered into the setup for the 1916, which then got countered into the broken arrow, he called it, which is a falcon arrow, but just launching you across the ring. I thought that looked awesome. Yeah, uh, he, he he's cool with those falcon arrows. I like him doing all sort all the arrows. If he, all he does, I don't like him doing the fake arrow pointing thing, but I like if, if that means you're going to do all the arrow moves, then yeah, cool. I mean, he's no Karoshida, but it's a good falcon arrow. It's a damn good Falcon Arrow, but it wasn't enough to keep Finn down. Uh, Finn counters a series of moves and rolls through with this like double foot stomp, but he like hits him and like poses like 
like spread in the sea. Uh, there's a Pele kick. There's a choke slam countered into a roll up. Priest is 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 hanging here with Finn Balor. Like he mm-hmm. definitely shows he belongs in 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 NXT because he's like going toe for toe. He's very impressive. Um, because he's like a bigger dude and his cardio is is impressing me. He goes for a razor's edge and throws Finn with the razor's edge like the position, but it's onto the apron. So they banned buckle bombs, but apron bombs. Apron bombs are fine. Is good. Yeah. You're fine. You're cool. You're good. You're golden. Apron bomb. Just, just don't tell Nia Jax that apron bombs are good, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, no, no, Nia. That, that's still the turnbuckle. <laughs> yeah. Apron bombs. Yeah. Just all the bombs. Uh, Nia Jax just bombs. <laughs> uh, so there's that, which looks crazy, but Finn kicks out at two. Finn fires back with a sling blade, but then runs into a cyclone roundhouse kicks. They're going back and forth. There's uh, like the reckoning, which is the crossroads countered into a final cut. They're climbing up top. There's a super choke slam from Priest for two. He goes for a razor's edge off the apron. To, to throw Finn onto those steel steps that were set up. But Finn gets out, kicks him in the face, and Priest goes flying back first onto the steel steps. And it was a thud. Oh, this noise. If if I didn't have my phone on silent all the time and actually had a ringtone, this thud could be a good text message alert. Because, Jesus. Yeah, that was noise. just his back slapping against the metal. He didn't do like a flat back bump on the metal, which is painful enough. He caught like the back edge of it. Um, people in the YouTube room were comparing it to uh, Shawn Michaels taking that bump on the casket oh, against Taker. Like that's how ago. nasty it looked. And thankfully, I, like he he worked the rest of the match and seemed okay. I hope after this he he's okay. Obviously, he's got a pretty muscly back there to support it. But just ouch. But ooh, this made everyone cringe. It was a thud. It was a thud. That's for sure. He gets up somehow. He's back in the ring, barely. Finn hits like a double stomp to the back of the head, laying him out. Finn goes up top, hits the coup de gras, the double stomp. Finn Balor pins Damian Priest. What do you think? I really enjoyed this match. Um, I wasn't too keen. Like, Damian Priest is someone that, character-wise, I get it. You're a vampire. All is his, he? All his programs so far... I'm not too interested. Is he a vampire or is he like a Lenny Kravitz vampire? Is he trying to be like that cool, like, yeah, yeah. It's the Prince's birthday today. Velveteen, Velveteen Dream already has that. But like, I feel like Priest is going for that, like, cool He's like, going for, yeah. rock star. Absolutely. Um, but like, character, like his, uh, all his programs so far haven't interested me. Because he uses a nightstick, which wasn't, you Yeah, know. <laughs> but the match itself, right away, it, it felt like a grudge match. I hate when you have... Two people hate each other, and as soon as the bell rings, they're going to grappling and headlocks. Right off the gate, before the bell starts, there's that John Woo dropkick from Bala. Yeah. Something I really like about Priest is his his strikes, his kicks. You're used to seeing the smaller guys laying in those kind of stiff kicks. Think of your Kenters, your Daniel Bryans. Uh, and I'd say Damien Priest's kicks are on a similar level, but the fact yeah, he's yeah. so big... It's so impressive, and it's not something you're used to seeing of a man of that size. Um, Bala completely um, held his own as well and brought more of an aggressive side with it. Um, the the as we mentioned, like that falling, um, the broken arrow, I thought looked really great. That 
um, bump on the steel steps just made me cringe. Um, those two like 360 roundhouse kicks uh, Priest hit yeah. looked awesome. Uh, again, for for me so far, two out of two with this takeover. Sure. I, I like this overachieved for me, and it was the best Priest has looked. If we can get away from just being a a vampire who hits people with a nightstick and let, let's get a bit deeper mm-hmm. character wise and program wise. Um, I I'm down, but good win for Bala. Um, yeah, I, no complaints about this much match from me. I said it was the wild card cause it was the one where people were like, Oh yeah, that's on the card. Well, actually that should be pretty good. And it was, I really enjoyed this match as well. I think Damien priest works well with kind of dudes like Finn Balor's size, like Finn Balor's tiny, but he kind of doesn't do like all your basic cruiserweight moves. Uh, I saw Punishment Martinez, Damian Priest versus Osprey at a Ring of Honor yeah, War of the Worlds we, thing. we went to that. Oh, I've yeah. seen it twice. I've okay. seen it actually a year, two years in a row at the same event. Um, and both times I'm like, oh, he's like throwing the guy and he's flipping all I around. I think it's, yeah, because he can do those power moves where he's throwing the guy, but can also match with the, with the, the speed and, and do some yeah. high flying. Whereas when he's, don't get me wrong, I, I love the big lads wrestling with Keith Lee, but Priest would often be the guy being caught yeah. and thrown around and stuff, which is... Kind of weird to watch. Um, no, it was cool. Um, I joked that it's vampire versus demon. He was not the demon. And I'm cool. This was TakeOver. So Finn Balor, you know, he could have come out with some sort of demon-related thing, but he, they've cut that, and I love that. I, I like, I think, hold it off. Hold it off for a big occasion. I, I don't think it'll be too long till we see him in a, like, NXT Championship picture sure, again. yeah. And maybe that's when you you save the demon. You pull it out when you actually need it. Not against Lashley at WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm just happy uh, I got to see that demon. Hmm. I got to see the demon at WrestleMania, but it was for that match. I'll just it's, the entrance. It's like Finn, you didn't think about doing Do that against Brock. Brock against Brock for the title. <laughs> no, just Lashley at match number four in a ten-hour show. It's the little things. It's the little things. The little things. Like this Ico Pro commercial <laughs> with Adam Cole, who's just flexing on you. Yeah, this is real retro in your house because here is this like fake out commercial for, with Adam Cole. Just really funny. Uh, another fake out here. We get the table for three music and the logo p- pops up and it says table for three. It's then crossed out and it's table for two. The Garganos. Mm. Woke up this morning, got myself a gun. The Garganos having dinner. They're talking about how they're they're planning and plotting to take out Keith Lee and Mia Yim. And then it cuts to the Mia Yim and Keith Lee video where they mock them with the flashlights and all that fun stuff. And it's time for Johnny Gargano versus Keith Lee for the North American Championship. Now, some would say... Uh, mostly all people, including the people who voted on our Twitter at Up Next Podcast. This was the match everyone was most looking forward to. Uh, Johnny and Keith Lee, which I said many times that I would say this is a match that could main event, a mania takeover come any under normal circumstances, mm. but we're in COVID era. So we didn't get that. Yeah. And I think this is one of the uh, issues with NXT at the moment. Uh a few years ago, a friend of mine compared NXT to PWG, where he goes, oh, the the cards are always great, but it's just putting kind of people together that you know will be great matches and throwing it on a takeover. And I, I argued and said, yeah, you, you don't watch the TV, though. Like, the, the build to all yeah. of these matches are fantastic, and that's the reason why these are the select few 
chosen for a takeover. I feel this is a match that is exactly that. This, okay, it's a takeover. Keith Lee Gargano, we haven't done it yet. Let's throw them against each other. And the build was just poor for me. Yes. Really yes. poor. Yeah. Um. So as much as on paper I was excited for this match, I think I was excited for Johnny Takeover versus Keith Lee. Not this Not story. this Johnny Gargano against... Keith Lee. You see, NXT used to have that PWG vibe. And then lately, I'd say even the USA launch is when WWE, uh, NXT really felt like a WWE product. Mm. And this is the program that it, it is an example. They have their prints all over it because here are two of the best wrestlers you have. And yet somehow the story is kind of shit. There's run-ins. There's weird booking angles in the spots in the match that don't make sense. It's like, no, just let them wrestle. I always think of like, uh, like Punk and Jericho and added stipulations or like just random things that, that fuck up what we, we all watch this because we like wrestling and like, sure, WWE is like, can be hokey and stuff, but fuck, like it's NXT. We, they treat it like it's the wrestling show. It kind of has been missing that factor. And here is these two guys who are supposed to kill it. As I said, I was so excited for this match. And in the first five minutes, they're doing like this like hokey spot with the, the, the the camera oh, on the so, door. So this this got me very angry early on. So you've got the the set with the uh, the in your house the house, but they're they're stage flats. You can walk around them. And Gargano on his entrance. By the way, it took us a while to to work <laughs> okay, out well, let me what start, his let gear me, is. Yeah, let me get into. Let's get into this full yeah. on because Johnny Gargano tweeted that his gear tonight will be. Toyrific. So I don't know if you've heard, but Johnny and Candice are the new WWE like toy people. They fired Kurt Hawkins and, and Zack Ryder. So they hired Johnny and Candice to be the toy people. So Johnny obviously is a nerd. Johnny comes out as superheroes a lot, but he's a bad guy. So he should come out as a bad guy, right? But no, he said Toyrific. Us in the watch along chat room were guessing that I said that he's going to come out like a character from Toy Story. And if he's a heel, he should come out like Sid from Toy Story. But I digress. <laughs> Johnny Gargano comes out. First, he says he's he kind of stares at a picture of of is it Michael Hayes? <laughs> he stares yeah, at I a picture so. of Doc uh, and says, "Thanks, I'm gonna get him." And then he walks out. And Johnny Gargano walks out in what some people are calling the Mandalorian or the Gargandalorian. Gargandalorian. <laughs> yeah, he's got that half cape. Um, half cape. He looked great. His white JC Penny jacket it, underneath. It was the white jacket, right? It looked like that's it. been pimped up. Uh, we thought it was like Captain Phasma from Star Wars, but it turns out he's being like this elite uh, Mando Boba Fett toy. So it's kind of the Mandalorian, but the Boba I, Fett I toy. I believe, yeah, someone said it's like the original design of Boba Fett, where yeah. there's only a few of these figures released because they changed the design Wild. and stuff. So if you thought Johnny Gargano was nerdy before, you didn't see anything well, until I, now. I, I almost found it quite funny because in the past, we've gone... Um, Oh, okay, so he's in New York, so he's Iron Man, or yeah, or oh, so he's in Phoenix, so he's Dark Phoenix, and and we've called it pretty quickly. Oh, he's the Punisher. Okay, he's turning kind of bad. He's Venom. Whereas I think he went full heel by being, I'm gonna do something so obscure that you geeks are gonna instead of paying attention to the match, you're gonna be trying to work out what the fuck what I'm I wearing. am. Well, and to be fair, I think that's what we were doing for the first five minutes of this match it's interesting because everyone thought it was mandalorian until we had to like look up this toy and it's like oh yeah it clearly was trying to be that i mean season two coming out soon but candace should have came out as baby yoda 
that was the case. <laughs> Instead, she came out with wings. She was like Otto from episode one. Those wings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're getting nerdy ourselves now. Uh, hey, quick plug. Our final uh, Star Wars review coming out this week oh. for free on our free feed. We're finally there. 12 films later. Rise of Skywalker. Check it out. Should be dropping this Thursday. Yeah, we have been doing all the Star Wars movies for free on the Up Next free podcast feed. And Rise of Skywalker's the final one. And it's coming up. And at the end, I'm going to ask you to rank Star Wars movies. So it's going to be wild. We got heated on The Last Jedi. But Rise of Skywalker, it's going to get nuts. Uh, Johnny Gargano, Keith Lee. Keith Lee has some interesting gear because his gear... On the back says Black Lives Matter. And it is awesome to see uh, this not just kind of... This was like the kind of the first... Men- see- seeing it on WWE TV today uh, on this event. Um, we would see Mia Yim come out later in this match with shirt that kind of in the same kind of direction. Yes. But it's cool that, you know, they they are... I don't want to say that they're not allowed to do this kind of stuff. But imagine he, he had this made and they said you couldn't do this some sort of stuff. Like... I'm happy that he was allowed to oh, 100%, get this out here. Yeah. For sure. Um, so Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano, they go back and forth really early on here. Johnny Gargano is a lot smaller than Keith Lee, but Keith Lee is moving like Johnny Gargano. Yeah. They're like ducking each other's kicks and moves, and Johnny's like, what the fuck? I quite liked um, the very beginning of this, where we see in those classic uh, Johnny Johnny takeover, takeover matches. Yeah. Where the beginning of the match, he goes to wrestle the guy. He puts his hands out, he crouches down, and he's like, let's do this. We're going to wrestle. And I like how he did this here because Keith Lee is twice his size. So Lee is like, are you you kidding me? (laughs) Whereas I said with the last match, I don't like blood feuds starting off with this. But this was here, Johnny being cheeky with it. And I realized that's what I want to see more of Johnny Gargano. I want Johnny Gargano to be dickhead Zack Sabre Jr., Johnny Gargano, where I'm I'm this really good wrestler who, despite my size, I'm smarter than you and can outwit you with my wrestling ability. And you know what? I'm going to be a dick about it as well. I want to see more of that kind of Johnny Gargano than eating chicken Caesar salads <laughs> with no croutons. I don't know. It's pretty heel. It's pretty heel. He said on Twitter this week to promote this match tonight that he really turned heel when he came out in New York to face Adam Cole and people booed him. And he was like, what? I'm the good guy. And yeah, then, well, he- you know what, John Braden, myself and Jesse <laughs> weren't booing you, my friend. Me and Jesse were cheering from the start and then the crowd shifted and everyone was cheering for him at the end. And he's like, you guys are fakes. So I'm showing you that, that I don't care about you anymore. And I like that. He like kind of uses real life things to work in the character. Well, so you're right. He yeah. should go with more down that Avenue. Less, less Caesar salad, less, more wrestling. Less pantomime villain, more just a dick. Just a dick. Yeah. A really good wrestler who's a dick. Book it. Yeah. Well, we kind of saw some of that. Uh, he's upset that Keith Lee get, keeps getting the better of the exchanges, so he gets a little pissed off. Keith Lee just catches him. Like, we've seen Keith Lee catch Dijakovic. Yeah. So it's not as impressive when he catches Johnny, but it's still impressive. He just keeps catching Johnny, and Johnny's like, you know what? I've had enough of this shit. I'm going home. Fuck you guys. I'm going home. And he walks up to the door, but it's locked because when Johnny came out, he locked the door and then put the key in his pants and his trunks. But he, he's banging on the door. But like you said, the set, you can go around. Well, it. Jo- Johnny entered first. So Johnny entered through the door 
and locked the door. And then Keith came <laughs> out through a different part. But this is where this the, was... the peephole thing, the, what is it? Like when people have the security camera on their front? Yeah. Your Amazon theft yeah. camera? <laughs> That's the... what this was. I don't need to wear my headphones anymore. <laughs> I just realized. Um, yeah, like the, the security camera like footage looked kind of cool. The shot. But the shot. This made me so angry. It's it's bad enough. I would find this done with our truth or Heath Slater doing this spot where you're going, mate, you can just walk around it. Johnny Gargano, the guy that's headlined more takeovers than anyone, Can't. is doing this spot. Yeah. Fuck off. It's just so WWE. It, I just hated it, it. This really made me angry. It, it, I told you, this was the match, like wrestling match that I was looking forward to tonight. And five minutes into this match, not even they're doing this. And it just made me groan. Like, what? I want to watch them wrestle. I don't want to watch this fucking hokey shit. Uh, they continue wrestling. They go back into the ring. Uh, Johnny rakes the eyes and starts to beat down on Keith Lee. Goes for the slingshot spear, but misses it. There's a backbreaker from Lee. They go back and forth again. He goes for like a flying armbar attempt. They kind of botch that up. Uh, there's a lariat, but Keith Lee no-sells it and then gives one to, to Gargano, which just kills him for a two-count. Uh, there's a series of super kicks um, and then there's a, the jackhammer attempt, but that's countered into a, like a roll up where we thought Gargano could have had it. Um, there's this one handed spine buster where he just basically like palm palms, Johnny Gargano, like he's a basketball and slams him down just crazy because of the size difference. There's a suicide dive from Johnny that's turned into a tornado DDT on the outside, which was fucking sick. Um, Johnny then stops the ref from counting him out from counting them both out he's like no 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 no, stop counting i want to win this title that's super smart that makes a heel smart because he's like whoa, whoa, whoa i didn't come here to get a win by dq and count out and win the, not win the title i'm here to win the title so mm. stop fucking counting he then would re- re- would regret that because as he's doing this he walks near the plexiglass that everyone's been making fun of in wwe and Keith Lee runs at Johnny Gargano and hits the pounce, and Johnny goes flying through the plexiglass. Period. Uh, yeah, this was cool. I we were we kind of called this before it happened. Yeah. Not necessarily this spot, but uh, we said I like the idea of the the plexiglass being there because eventually you could bring it in for a big spot. And we didn't put two and two together and go, huh. Keith Lee tends to pounce people into the crowd. <laughs> and, then, and then, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Look good. This got a good reaction. Kind of kicked the match into gear a bit. Yeah, so everyone now is like, whoa. Like the NXT PC people in the crowd here were like, whoa, that's crazy. So Johnny's just dead. Um, we see Candice and Mia Yim. They come down. Uh, they're brawling now. It's crazy. Okay, this bothered me as well. Yeah. So WWE, they started, uh, they were in the six women's tag match and both left it to brawl. <laughs> and then, so we're, we're assuming they're brawling backstage, fighting each other. And then they go, one sec, shall we just shower and change? Because Mia Yim comes back in. She's got an awesome shirt and she's doing. She, cool she has. Things. Yeah. She should have worn it for the match. Yeah. Because she's come back in her, her Tim's. Her like sweatpants, her shirt, and it's cool. You've just put on hold your brawl to get changed, and now you're coming out again. Uh, so they're brawling, which obviously distracts Keith Lee, and Johnny reaches into his trunks to readjust some stuff and pulls out junk. his key. Mm. He's got the keys, the keys, the keys. He's got the keys to success as he tries to to dig it into Keith Lee's eye. 
and he does just that, then hits his slingshot DDT, and Johnny Gargano gets a two count. He then gets a low super kick, and then, like, two more, and he just hits, like, this nasty-looking super kick to the head, and you could just bite that maybe Johnny does it right here. But Keith Lee kicks out again. There's a choke, like, slam into a spirit bomb. Johnny rolls away, though, so he picks up Johnny, power bombs him, power bombs him again, lifts him up onto his shoulders, and Keith Lee hits the jackhammer and pins Johnny Gargano. Keith Lee retains the U- the North American Championship. Um, yeah, I I hated the beginning of the match. It picked up a bit with that um, pounce through the plexiglass. I I got into the end from the key spot um, to. The repeated super kicks. I, I thought that built up really nice. Super kick, kick out, super kick, another kick and he's out. Just like, ah. And he just keeps doing it. Um, and then just power bomb, jackhammer, power slam, one, two, three. W- what annoys me with this is we know what these two should be capable of at takeover level. And it goes back to what we're saying about starting to feel a bit WWE. This to me was, hey, if, if you said um, five years ago, you went, at WrestleMania, we're going to get Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn. Right. You'd go, what? What? Shit. Okay, I'm excited. Take uh, my money. It's COVID Daniel mania. Bryan, Sami Zayn. And then you go, okay, but what we're going to do is turn Sami Zayn into a chicken shit heel manager who runs away from all the fights. And you go, what? <laughs> so get this, get this. It's going to be Daniel Bryan against Sami Zayn chasing him around the ring. Okay, this not quite as bad as that, but this is what it felt like. Yeah, you got Gargano, Keith Lee on paper. This should be fantastic, but you've got this Gargano character, which is, as I said the other week, it's not a main event character anymore. I think he plays it well. I think Sami Zayn plays his character well, but it's it's now a mid card heel character, which is more of a manager to Candice LeRae and. There, there were moments I got into this match. I didn't fully hate it, which I will go, get into a match that I did hate later. But it, it just frustrates me because we know what these two should be putting on at a takeover. Yeah, uh, I agree. This was the match I was most looking forward to because I wanted to see them wrestle. I'm sure they've crossed paths before WWE on the indies. Um, and seeing this on paper would be a huge thing. And I felt like five minutes in, I was really mad with that spot with the, you know, the, the, the people thing. The, Gargano the playing all truth. Yeah. yeah. It's just weird. Like it didn't need that at all. It just made me so upset because I actually wanted to see them tear it down when they're totally capable of doing it. Um, they, we for weeks said and predicted that they would turn this into a mixed tag match for the title. And instead of doing that, they made it a singles match where there was interference. Yeah. So, like, what the fuck? It's just, this is WWE. Uh, this should have been the match of the night. This should have been people's match of the year contender. And it wasn't at all. This was a WWE match. It had its shit in the beginning. It's had its shit in the end. The, this overbooking completely. He locks the door. He can't get in the door. There's the spy cam shot. Then the the women get involved. The girlfriends get involved. The wives get involved. Then there's a key in his trunks from his car. He uses that. It's just it's just all over the place. I think as well. It, it's just it's so hard to be like. I, I think Keith Lee is fantastic, and I think he oozes charisma. But it, it's very hard to be 
a sympathetic baby face when you're the size of Keith Lee against a guy the size of Johnny Gargano. When you're when you're seeing Gargano in his initial struggle before it before it kind of went on too long and people started turning against it, think okay, you're going to shoot me for saying it, but think the Andrade match, and then you have Zelina interfere, and yeah. you're genuinely mad because the odds are stacked up against him. Whereas Keith Lee, it's like, dude, I just saw you pounce this guy through a window like he's an ant. <laughs> like I, I'm not going to feel sympathetic for you. It's just weird. It just, it just kind of felt backwards. We had the, you got Gargano with the heel, getting the heel heat, beating him down. Just, it was, it was a little backwards. There was a lot of stuff in this match I did like, but I want, I want to see a rematch and I need to see it like when wrestling kind of back to normal. This, yeah. This almost felt, you know, when you get like we had Charlotte EO on TV the other week and it was a TV match and you go, I feel this was a, a taster for what they can actually do, but yeah. it's TV. So that's okay. Well, this mm. was your house. This and was it in was your o- house. And it was okay. Uh, what do you see uh, Gargano doing from here? See, I was a little confused because I thought somehow, someway, Gargano, being this new dickhead, would somehow win the title, which then Keith Lee could go on to bigger things with Adam Cole. But that doesn't seem to be the case. So uh, I, I thought the same until Keith Lee had Black Lives Matter on his trunks. And then I was like, yeah, he ain't losing this you can't have that guy you lose can't that have that, that guy lose. Yeah, I, I could potentially see like a a title v title match down the line with lee and cole i don't think it will take long before lee is the longest running north american champion because that belt if has, he isn't already he might be already that yeah. belt's flip-flopped so that's an easy match to book champion v champion um yeah i'd but sure. gargano i don't see any i mean do you just feed him to cross to be killed by him i I see both Gargano and Champa as maybe just kind of jobbers in NXT. From wow, now, that's which is terrible. ridiculous. What a terrible circle. So I'd say maybe it's time to move up, but then do you split Gargano and Candice? Because I no. don't see Candice moving. Uh, up. Yeah. You could also pro- you could keep this feud going with the, the couples. I could see too. Johnny could win the title on TV for all we know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just know that I one day want to see Gargano versus Keith Lee because I didn't get it tonight. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, I, I still loved it. I had some parts in it. I really liked uh, the, the Gargandalorian outfit was cool, but I, I wanted a little bit more. It didn't quite deliver, but I, it was still fun to watch. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I, the show hadn't. I was still pretty high yeah. at this point. I was still it, good. Like on on the show, on the show. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, I'd say two and a half out of three for me so far. So, um, then we have, I mean, I was, I was okay with that match. I was like, yeah, that was pretty fun. And then we have another good humor commercial. And this time it was Shotzi Blackheart eating ice cream. So, you know, that's good. Or at least that's what John Cena told me. I was not having a smoke. So I was really upset that I did miss this. Uh, but then the show would take a dive. Some would say. Right? Oh boy. So we go to the parking lot. Not the full sale parking lot. That would be too dangerous. We go to the PC parking lot. And it's time for the NXT World Championship match in a parking lot brawl, essentially, is what this is. Adam Cole shows up with an Undisputed Era truck. Yes. It's got the, the logos taped on it comes out with the title it's got his music blaring he's looking badass he looks like he would drive a truck but something tells me adam cole does not drive a truck what do you think he drives tesla (laughs) 
Uh, if he if he gets that that WWE contract renewed, uh, <laughs> he'll be getting a Tesla. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but he's driving this truck. He says, "I run this brand. I am the king of the world." That's what Adam Cole just said here while he's on this truck. Um. So, uh, his opponent is the Velveteen Dream on the day of Prince's birthday. Velveteen Dream comes out in a yellow Lamborghini. Mm. Obviously a Hulk Hogan fan. So the opening of this match, I I was positive at this point. It kind of had the same feel as the, the Boneyard match, like both turning up in their vehicles, uh, ready for this fight. I was okay up to this point. Okay. Up to this point. Up to this point, <laughs> I was okay. I was like, cool. Both making an entrance in a... Vehicle, I, I like a Lamborghini. It's right. yellow. You get to punch someone, yellow car. Um, <laughs> is that a thing? Yellow punch car. Punch buggy is a thing, but like, I don't... Oh, yellow, oh, yellow car! UK, we just, we hate fingers and we love punching people. When we right, yellow okay. Car. Yellow car, boom. Um, and then Dream comes out as Negan. Don't know why. Negan from The Walking Dead, for those not familiar, with the bat and the leather jacket. Yeah. So if this didn't make sense before this all started, that Adam Cole would randomly fight a guy in a parking lot when neither of them have cars as their gimmick or mention cars or any sort of real rivalry, to be honest. What rivalry is this? There's no real story that the guy just wants to fight you. That's like not a good enough. This is a totally well, cold Cole program. took him out months ago. Yeah, like, it's just, but it's just this- cold. Anyways, this is the program running into this. And then you have a dude get out in a Lambo, and then he comes out dressed as a dude from not not only Hollywood Hulk Hogan, but Hollywood Hulk Hogan fused with a Walking Dead character. So I, I gave up on Walking Dead a long time ago. I don't know if... But when I was watching it, Negan wasn't driving a yellow Lamborghini. Correct me if I'm wrong, if if the latest season, I gave up, there was a lion in it. And I gave That's up. when I stopped. <laughs> as soon as I saw this guy with the lion, I said, nah. Yeah, I think he was a tiger, actually. Me the tiger. Yeah, I was like, nah. I was like, nah. nah. Zombies are I can, I'm down with. <laughs> That's so funny. A man having a yeah, legit. tiger. As soon as I saw that episode, I was like, nope, not nah. for me anymore. <laughs> I, I found out uh, who Negan killed. And then it was the next episode, there was this tiger. I went, no thanks. Yeah. But, Anyway, correct me. Like, tweet us at Up Next Podcast. Maybe Negan drives a yellow Lamborghini. But also, this is a reference that's like dated now. At yeah, this point, yeah, it's right? old. It's old. It's old. No one wants. Like, no one cares. Walking Dead's still going on, but it's not popular anymore. And it's not even like Walking Dead is set in a Florida car park. It's. <laughs> It's, it's Georgia. Atlanta. It's yeah, Georgia, Georgia, right? Like I don't understand this at all. We were really cold weeks leading to this on Up Next with like the story of this. This just doesn't make sense. It feels so forced. They're like, yeah, we'll do this. It just didn't make any sense. And then it, not even it, the intros here don't make any more sense to me. I'm like, what? Like ne- this Walking Dead character, Hollywood Hogan. I just, I, I don't, I don't understand. Um, so. Then it starts, and it reminds me of, like, Steve Blackman, Shamrock. Didn't they have, like, a backlot brawl? Or Roddy Piper backlot brawl? Or or Cena versus Eddie Guerrero parking lot brawl? Here Comes the Pain is my favorite video game for wrestling. And it has the the parking lot brawl match. You could fight all through there and stuff. Um, But this was, like, all of those matches. But with a million thousand camera cuts. 
How many fucking camera cuts oh, were in this it, match? This, to me, felt like... Um, I mentioned Zack Sabre Jr. earlier. We tried to watch that Zack Sabre Jr. Will Ospreay match from Rev Pro. The cameraman and it, had more white claws than us. Had, the cameraman had more white claws than us. It felt like all 19 cameramen here had <laughs> 19 white claws. Who's the WWE producer that's known for cutting? It's Kevin Dunn. Yeah, Kevin Dunn must have worked this. Look up um, YouTube uh, Liam Neeson jumping over a fence. Because there's this bit in Taken where just where Liam ne- oh it's more than eight cuts and he's just jumping a fence he's jumping a fence and that's what this felt like um, it was just choppy the the lights from you have the lights like the headlights from the car and then you have the big floodlights to to light the ring yeah we're just in the camera the whole time I was getting motion sickness watching this. I don't I don't have any I don't have I felt like this could give people with you know, some problems, some problems like watching it was flashing and cuts and cuts and cuts. It was like the, uh, the dude Darby Allen. It's like he directed this. Like it was just all over the place. There's more artistic. There's more of an artistic element to Darby Allen's shit. This was just like cutting. And, and there was no guy on a ladder set on fire <laughs> or dragged by a car. No, but there was Negan <laughs> with cars. Oh, he does a Negan. I don't understand how there was so many camera cuts in this. It took me completely out of this. This was so sloppy. Uh, I did not like this at all. We, we watched the final beat, Johnny versus Champa. This was kind of in that realm, but with so many camera cuts, but two guys fighting in a ring surrounded by cars. So there's backslides and roll-ups. Dream just tries to keep getting pins on Adam Cole early on. And Adam Cole's like, fuck this, I'm getting out of here, and gets in a car. Uh, but then he gets beat up. Um, a, a car shows up, and a woman says, did somebody order an Uber? And then they continue fighting. She's like, ah, and then drives off. Ridiculous. Come on, not, not in your title match. Stupid fucking shit. The, this, <laughs> this, they tried this kind of humor with the Money in the Bank match, and WWE are not comedians. No. I don't know if they've ever watched comedy, um, but come on, don't put this okay, in well, a Okay, I'll, I'll ask you something. Match. Have you ever ordered an Uber? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever ordered an Uber, and then the Uber shows up and goes, hey, did somebody order an Uber? No. <laughs> they go, hey, what's your name? Get in the fucking car. You Let's look go. at the red, sh- and you're like... <laughs> Is that you? Is that the license plate? No, not did somebody. Ben, also, right, yeah. how did you get in here? Did you get clearance? Because they don't let people in right now. And there's so many camera crews you know and what? stuff. You know what they should have done? And my, I said I don't like comedy in the main event matches. But if Kona Reeves was on his phone and said, yeah, that's me. Yeah. And left. <laughs> and that is how he has left. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't do that. And yeah, sometimes the Uber people don't even talk to you. They don't even say, like, hey, are you who? You just get in the car and they drive, and then it's awkward silence, the way I fucking like it. But this was a bad, like, what? There's so many. It's as if, like, Triple H himself wrote this joke, being like, yeah, because people order Ubers and stuff. Because Triple H probably orders, like, the Uber helicopters and yeah. shit at this point in his career. But it's just a, a joke that fell flat, and not in a. This is a title and, match. And this what, isn't a 24 7 title was match. This was kind of the only joke. If they had more beats... No, this whole match was a joke. No, yes, but it wasn't on purpose a joke. If this was like... The Money in the Bank thing wasn't funny to me, but at least it was every kind of couple of minutes they go, here's a beat with a joke, you know? This was one joke of an Uber showing up. Well, the second joke is Adam Cole uh, has a fire extinguisher. 
That always is, that's always a laugh riot. He uses the fire extinguisher. He hits a series of like pump kicks to Velveteen Dream. Uh, there's some sort of ladder that they're using. There's chairs. Um, Velveteen Dream sets up a ladder like to jump off of to land on Adam Cole through a car. <laughs> yeah. At some point. Uh, um, well, he set up this ladder and then kind of, I don't know if it was cameramen or crew were holding the ladder <laughs> in place. Uh, they're fighting on top and I, I think he pushed Cole off onto the, so, yeah, Undisputed Era show up in a, I think, a Camry. Right. <laughs> so Adam Cole gets the cool truck, but Undisputed Era show up in a Camry. Uh, they show up and distract him, but Adam Cole does go flying through this, like, front of a car, and actually his arm gets fucked up. It's very bloody, very gross, very ouchy. Um, and while this is all happening, Undisputed Era is getting beat up. They go to grab a chair, but the chair is under the ring is grabbed and, and stolen. And it's revealed that Dexter Loomis is under the ring. He comes out. He beats up Undisputed Era, puts them in a, a trunk of a, of a, like, is it a Impala? Yeah, I think so. So somehow, somehow Dexter Loomis managed, I don't own an Impala, but I don't know if the trunk could fit two people. I know Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish are not the biggest wrestlers, but could an Impala it was a, looking like a, a a recent Impala. Could this fit? So Dexter Loomis puts Bobby Fish and Roddy Piper in the back of this Impala. I'll tell you, this is an untamed Impala. And he drives off with these guys. He warned us yeah, on Wednesday. You know what? This might have been... I'm definitely higher up on Dexter Loomis than you are. I know that. Like I, I've quite enjoyed him. Maybe it's because I didn't watch Impact, so I'm not as familiar with the guy. I've kind of enjoyed him the last few weeks. Um, at least this was relevant, you know? At least he told us this was happening on Wednesday. He said, guys, he, I'm going to kidnap you. He drew the picture of him driving a car with these guys in the back. Um, it was one of the only bits I kind of actually liked because it was like, all right, you're actually paying off what happened on Wednesday. We are doing a, a live show, a post show live on YouTube. And Christina in the chat says, I had an Impala once. It had a pretty deep trunk. So there you go. Okay. Impalas nice. do have deep trunks. You could fit members of Undisputed Era in the back. Dexter drives off with uh, these these two. And I believe Morrow finally does mention that Dexter Loomis reminds him of Dexter, like the show. I think he finally let everyone know that. Uh, he calls Dexter Loomis a torture artist. Not yes. sure what it is, but I'm going to Google it later. Um, we have Velveteen Dream beating up Adam Cole when it's all said and done. It's these two left here in this ring in the parking lot with the lights beaming down. He hits the Dream Valley driver, but it's only a two count. This, I mean, I guess I started to bite on the falls right at the end. Um, this this kind of looked cool. It was the Panama City that got caught into the Dream Valley driver. Um Maybe just because I didn't want to see the title change in a <laughs> shit match like this. Could you imagine um, the longest reigning, self-proclaimed greatest NXT champion? You know what? Could be the greatest NXT champion and loses in this pile of shit. Yeah, and I, I think that might have been why I was biting on the near falls at the end. But I've got to hold my hands up. I was biting on the near falls at the end here. So he kicks out a two. So he seats Adam Cole on like a chair and goes for a flying... There's all these chairs in the ring, like ECW, and hits an elbow, but it's a two-count as well. Adam Cole somehow gets up and eventually does hit the Panama City Sunrise, the Canadian Destroyer, and Adam Cole pins Velveteen Dream and retains the NXT World Championship. Yes, that was a World Championship match, 
And uh, I mentioned Christina in the chat room. Um, she also says that she would rather go through labor than to have to watch that match again. Yeah. Uh, that's tough words there, Christina. But yeah, uh, this I've watched NXT for a long time. Mm. I've been watching NXT. We watch old NXT on our Patreon. We watch so much NXT. We watch it every week. I have to say, this was one of the worst things I've ever seen, in my opinion, from them. It was so sloppy. I felt like I was watching WWE main roster. And I don't watch that show for reasons like this. And I got it here anyways. I don't know what this was, but I did not like it. I think um, the the feud was so cold. Um I get trying to do something different because the the first match sucked. I think these two just don't have chemistry. I'm I'm a big fan of both Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream. Them together just doesn't work. And yeah. it happens. Think back to Kevin Owens, AJ Styles. They're two people that, on paper, that should be a great match. They had zero chemistry. It was weird. And they had, yeah. they've tried that feud twice and both times just didn't work. I felt the first match didn't work. So they go, okay. What can we do? And as I mentioned on Wednesday, if you brought it back to, well, um, Dream was attacked in the parking lot, so I'm going to take it back to the parking lot and at least have something to do with this parking lot building up to this match. Cool. But it just, it made no sense to me. Why are they out there? Um, why is it shot this way? It was nauseating, these cuts. It was. It was Um, honestly, it was like, uh, Kanye West did a music video with Rihanna, all the lights, and it's just like, lights, 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 lights. This was the, just cuts, 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 cuts. Let's cut to this. He's going to jump? Wait, no, he's not jumping. He's just climbing. Better cut four times yeah. while he climbs one ring of a ladder. Like, what the fuck was going on? I didn't understand. I it. would say I did like the finish, uh, mainly because it was the end of the match. But also, uh, no, the, the Panama Sunrise onto a pile of chairs. That looked pretty cool. And you should not be kicking out of that. And Dream didn't. So... I like the finish, but I thought the match sucked. Um, I think it's time to just get Dream onto the main roster. I guess. Uh, I, I don't know. I love Dream. I love Adam Cole. This did not click for me at all. I don't... I, I like watching my... I've, I've liked some of these cinema matches. Like, Boneyard match was so much fun. I can't say the same. Like, this wasn't even that entertaining. It was just hard to watch for me. It was really hard to watch. Those camera cuts were just something that you do when you're in college. And, and, like, and I think... I'm no expert. I'm no expert on editing and stuff. I think especially stuff, but, wow. for those... If you want to go crazy with the cuts later in the match, okay. But we were... And same with the YouTube room. Everyone was turned off within the first couple of minutes... Because we've seen 45 different shots in the space of, like, a minute. Yeah. And right away we go, oh, you switch off. It's like it's like uh, you go see stand-up comedy. If a stand-up comedian goes out and if their first two jokes suck, it doesn't matter what happens in the rest of their <laughs> set. You go, this guy sucks and I'm not going to find him funny. And this is how I was with this match. The beginning was, like, all over the place. Uh, also, this so was, I was shot. Just, I was just checked out. This was shot. This was the non-live portion of the the show tonight, and this was shot like a week ago. Fuck, <laughs> you had a week to fix it, and they didn't. So uh, I don't know if it was fixable. I don't know why this happened. Don't know why these two guys fought in the I, parking lot. I, I feel it, it was mainly sense. just because they didn't have a feud. They didn't have a someone in line for Cole. Yeah. So hey, let's just, this is the cinematic match. This was this was real messy, real messy. Uh, we have another In Your House commercial with, is it Todd Pettingale? Pettingale? I don't know his name. Yeah, so this guy used to, like, uh, present the old In Your Houses. Yeah, 
So he's here and mentioning 1-900 numbers that they don't exist anymore. Then it cuts to D-Generation X and Sean's doing the old pecking typing thing like he doesn't know how to use a computer. Triple H is smacking the computer around like, what's going on? It reminded me of Zoolander when they're like, it's in the computer. And Road Dog's knocking over signs and they're basically like, hey, thanks for showing up. Um that ter- you know they had to show that right after that match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you think he had the camera edits there? Just click, it t- click, click. It tells you something when they don't put the NXT title match in the main event. Mm. It does, especially that they're like, "Whoa, we can't end with that shit." Are you kidding yeah. me? Not a chance. So there is still two more matches to go, and the second to last is kind of the big takeover debut of Karrion Cross who comes down to the ring with Scarlet, who is doing her best lip-syncing here, fall and pray, and then the NXT crowd here jump in. The NXT universe, literally, the NXT universe, start to do the fall and pray. Um, there's some mixed reaction on the, the lip-syncing from uh, Scarlet. What do you think? Uh, I'm a fan of the lip-syncing. I, I think it completely depends on the person. I think Cross and Scarlet look like absolute stars. Well, Scarlet in this outfit looked like an absolute oh, star. Oh, 100%. She looks like a megastar. So it works. It's cheesy. And like I feel anyone else doing it, it would look weird. But she does it with so much confidence. She looks so confident that it, I find it kind of hypnotizing. Sure. Yeah, no, the whole entrance thing is is great, and I think it'll work great. Imagine, like, crowds are back and big wrestling events, like, big takeover crowd audience stage, the entrance. They would have some cool entrances, I think. Um, Star written all over them. But they, Karrion Cross has a a tough task here tonight because he's going one-on-one with Tomasa Ciampa, who comes down looking real chill, real calm, but real serious. They stand toe-to-toe in the ring, and they stare at each other when the bell rings. The bell, the bell rings, and they must have watched their All Japan. Is it All Japan where the stare down? No, happened? it's Noah. Noah. Oh, yeah. it was Noah. Yeah, they just, the bell rings, but Champa and Carrying Cross just stare at each other. It's a stare down. Champa approaches him and starts to hit him with forearms, but Carrying Cross no sells them, and he kind of laughs. He then suplexes Champa across the ring. Um, Champa gets up and goes for Willow's bell early on, but it's blocked. There's a big boot, but again, Cross is no-selling. There's like a choke bomb on the outside to Champa, but like on the apron. It was okay. It wasn't a buckle bomb. wasn't a buckle bomb. It's on the apron. But these apron bombs, wow. Um, this looked like it hurt. Now, it looked safe because he got his like shoulders and his arms up, but wow. How do yeah. you not make this hurt? He took it on his shoulders, but was selling the neck because we all know Champa's neck issues, So, uh, which makes you cringe when, when you know that in a story. You're worried. It's same whenever you watch a Daniel Bryan match. If if you target that head and the neck. So wait, every, you're saying everyone knows that Champa has the neck issues. Yeah. But yet everyone in this match watching was like, okay, cool. But when's he going to hit that Saito mm. suplex? <laughs> yeah, and Moro even compares Cross. He says he reminds him of Doctor Death, Kawada, and of course Saito because he's just. Killing him. He's throwing Champa around here. He's back in the ring, just beating up Champa. He suplexes him around. Another exploder. Champa gets some offense in. He's hitting knees to the face. Uh, there's then a suplex and a lariat. And Willow's bell connects, but Cross kicks out at two. 
Champa is like, oh, he kicked out of my move. All right, picks him up, hits him with a knee, a V trigger, goes for the fairy tale ending, but it's countered up onto up onto the shoulders, and there's like an inverted kind of F five type move from Karrion Cross, who then just locks in this, uh, I don't know, half cross chicken wing, cross mm. something. The cross jacket is what he calls it, and Champa doesn't tap out, but passes out. Um, Champa must have watched the match prior because he went to sleep. Yeah, I this I didn't feel I felt this match didn't know what it was. Um I we were calling it in the in the YouTube room, people going, I think this is gonna be a quick squash under five minutes. This was and six-ish minutes. It was around six minutes, yeah. This if you were gonna do a squash like this, this needed to be Brock versus Cena at SummerSlam, where Brock just steamrolled him suplex 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 f5 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 pin you know yeah that's what they should have been they should have been like champu should have got zero offense in whereas champa hit his he hit his finisher move and stuff he he had the offense for a little bit this just felt like a maybe like a 15 minute match that was squashed into six it was weird yeah um i didn't feel cross necessarily came across as this came across yeah um yeah this didn't know what it was yeah you know what uh this didn't do anything for me this didn't help carrying cross this doesn't help champa where does he go did they do a rematch which like cool what we saw this didn't really do this felt like a tv match if if the bell rang and and cross hit two exploders two saitos and then locked in the cross jacket. And it's over. And Champa passes out. There's a way you can tell a rehab story there with Champa. And Cross looks like this fucking killer. Yeah. Whereas here instead you had... Just a match. That's Champa taking a bit. Seconds. Then he's delivering some knees and he hits Widow's Bell. And then gets hit with another Exploder. The Saito suplex didn't happen at all. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was bad. And... And more so than Johnny, because at least Johnny's got Candice. Where does Champa go from here? I guess you go in some sort of rematch story. I know Champa has been very prominent. Not talk- he doesn't want to do main roster stuff, but like, where do you go from this? I I didn't get I didn't get to see Karrion Cross really even in this match. This was six minutes ten seconds, and it wasn't anything really. This was not memorable. This wasn't. This was a waste of my time. It was, and and I think again, what's a shame is. On paper, you go, these two kill like they look kind of similar. They're yeah. they're scary they look looking like killers. Jack dudes who both have this fairly violent wrestling style. Yeah. Um you know there's a great match in there. I know there is. But, I like both these guys. But they decided to go storyline wise with a squash match, but didn't want to completely destroy Champa. And and I think it actually it makes Champa suffer more than if he was just killed in 30 seconds. Yeah, this was a strange one for me. Um, I was kind of looking forward to this. I was going in this being like, yeah, he's going to kill him. He has to. He's got to crush him. But this wasn't even that. It was just a six-minute like back and forth with him throwing him around. I don't know. We didn't even get the Saito suplex. Of course, he does have the neck injury, so I'm not saying hit him with these moves. But like, you, everyone was thinking that. Like, oh, the dude's going to hit him with, with this 
with this move, and he didn't even do that. I, I don't know. This kind of fell flat for me, especially coming off that last match. I was like, you need something now. Whoa, this 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 show fell off a bridge. Yeah, I, I felt the show went, started at such a great pace, and then the tires flew off, and now it's in the in the cockpit being serviced, and now we've got a fresh, shiny new car for this main event. The best part of this match was Scarlett's outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Scarlett. Who are we kidding, for sure. <laughs> yeah, legit. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff from Scarlett. The match, not so much. Don't know where we go with Cross and Champa from here. Both are kind of hurt now, in my opinion, because it's like, yeah, you beat Champa, you can just put him onto the title picture. Like, what do you do? Oh, Cross Lee. There you go. Book it. That would be interesting. Sure. There you go. And but then, I, I think you need... Then Champa and Gargano to, can fight again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One final beat. For the last time ever. Yeah, one final beat in a lifetime. Yeah. Twice. Uh, we it see... could be the re- resuscitation, couldn't it? Yeah, there you go, defibrillator. Yeah. Robert Stone, who was recently fired from being the manager, managerial services for Chelsea Green, he's just kind of seen hanging around and he's just disheveled. He's This made me laugh because uh, when I before all this happened and used to go to on WrestleMania trips. Yeah. One year, I think it was Dallas. So we went, started off at Austin. There was a whole group of us in this house and it started to become a thing amongst the group where you punch out one of the lenses from your glasses okay. and wear it and look all disheveled. <laughs> and this is what Robert Stone had here. Yeah. He had his glasses on, but one of the lenses had gone. He's, um, he's literally doing the hot mess thing. So Chelsea Green's character was like this rich snob was going to get married to someone, I think the Blade from AEW, and then the wedding was called off, so Chelsea Green for months would be in the wedding dress still, but drinking and like having a hard time. So now it's just transferred over to Robert Stone. He's the hot mess. What, what I'm pleased about is that they are focusing on it, because I've quite enjoyed Robert Stone as a manager. So sure. I, I think maybe we're just building up for this kind of... I, I think maybe he'll find the person lowest on the roster. Uh, maybe Kona Reeves. Um, don't, don't say that about the finest. Your best friend. He doesn't, yeah. <laughs> <my best> friend. <laughs> um, but I, I see there being maybe this rehab story where he finds someone who has also been on this losing streak and they, they build themselves up together. Uh, uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a fun visual. Uh, we're going to see more of it for weeks. For uh, sure, Which yeah. is easy. Um, Robbie E. He, he's not necessarily a good wrestler, but you know, he's good at this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be some funny stuff. We'll see. But it's definitely the hot mess-esque storyline. But now it's time for the main event. In your house. The last time the women main evented NXT was five years ago. But tonight they do it again. A triple threat match. Rhea Ripley, who lost the NXT Women's title to Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, versus Io Shirai, the number one contender, the rightful number one contender, versus Charlotte Flair, the champion. So, triple threat. Uh, this has a lot of like interest and steam going into this story, considering there's the story of Rhea Ripley and Charlotte, but there's the story of Io Shirai kind of almost put in here like yo she's the nxt star she's the one we should be focusing on and charlotte flair kind of came in here with this whole idea to run the title division and the division but some people say it fell flat but we're here and i was pretty excited for this match and to to see them kind of 
get the big match feel at the end with the, with the uh the intros with the lights and stuff yeah looked really good um and yeah. the main event i i think i don't think any of us thought beforehand that this was going to be the main event and then as soon as it was announced we were kind of like yeah th- this should this should be the main event yeah th- this felt the match worthy to close the show yeah 100% yeah the the women here deserve to to end this especially after watching that uh, world title match, Adam Cole and Dream. I was like, oof, mm. that is really took it down a notch. So I was super excited to see this. Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, Charlotte Flair. Off the bat, uh, Charlotte Flair rolls out. She's like, you two fight each other. The baby faces fight each yeah, other. Yeah, this made me angry. <laughs> you hate this... when the baby faces have to fight. I hate, well, I hate when the baby faces look dumb because Charlotte's your champion. She's bailed and goes, no, you two fight. You go, Fuck you. And you team up and run after her. I mean, right? they eventually get to her and then they, they Have both they just te- forgotten how to climb out of the ring? Like, they then fight each other and Charlotte attacks from behind. It I love the match, but I, I hate this. Whenever I see a triple threat, I hate the baby faces looking dumb. Sure, but they also have some history where they don't like each other too. So it's like, okay, we'll fight anyways. But they did, they did end up like kind of double teaming on Charlotte here because they're like, "Fuck you, get out of our, you don't go here, you don't even go here." Uh, Io Shirai hits an edgeomatic or a eomatic, which is like the reverse pull behind and you drop them down between the legs. Looks great. Charlotte catches Io Shirai like nothing and throws her around with a fallaway slam. Uh, Ripley dives dives off the apron to Charlotte, but Charlotte moves out of the way. Which then Io runs off the apron with a Rana to Charlotte. Um, Io Shirai is in the ring with, I think, Rhea Ripley at one point and, or Charlotte and is just always landing on her feet. When someone goes to hit her with a move, she backflips, lands on her feet and then does the classic, like, backflip, backflip, backflip. Like, just crazy how she does this. She's like a cat. Yeah. We were saying she could, she could play black cat in. Spider-Man? Uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> She's film. just always landing on her feet. It's crazy. Um, she hits this some sort of like pop-up shining wizard. It didn't quite, we weren't sure what it was, but it looked cool. Then the tiger faint kick on Charlotte. There's double stomps. Uh, at one point, Rhea and, and Io are like holding each other. And then Charlotte runs at both of them with this double spear, like a football tackle. Yeah, almost. it was pretty high. It was, it was like, like to the Whoa. shoulders almost. It Ooh. looked awesome. She cleared him with this spear. Oh, she, yeah. she, she's big. Like, she, she did. She looked like a football player. She yeah. cleared these women and then goes up top for a moonsault. But Io kind of has the knees up, which blocks that. There's then a, a riptide a, attempt on Io, she counters that into a cross body to Ripley. Then there's a cross body to like to Charlotte. Like it's just they're going back and forth. I was really impressed with the the like the real meat of this match where they were like going move for move with each other. Yeah, this there, there's the kind of the formula in uh, triple threat and just multi person matches where one person sits out and plays dead on the outside yeah. and the other two go at it. And you had that for a little bit but it was so fast it was it seemed to be the three wrestling at the same time for yeah. a lot of the match which was really fun to watch Io Shirai comes back with her classic springboard drop kick lost in the sky she is the genius of the sky this look she gets so much height on that drop kick oh, she yeah, does. it's almost like a stomp how high she I always joke that Io Shirai gets me high but wow she flies through the air uh, there's double knees in the corner uh, but as she hits, she's going for that, like she's not ready, not paying attention. Charlotte runs and hits the natural selection on Io, and I almost cried. But Io Shirai <laughs> kicks out of the natural selection, and I'm like, whoa. Uh, 
Charlotte then gets the figure eight on Io Shirai, but Rhea breaks it by pulling Charlotte out by the hair, which Io Shirai then runs with a crazy fast suicide dive crossbody to Rhea Ripley. Um, but then they're all kind of fighting on the outside. And then Charlotte just throws Io into your house. She throws her through the window, essentially, of this house. Like Thankfully, this, no glass. There was no glass. It was a fake set. But she goes flying through the window and basically is thrown out of this match as Charlotte and Rhea now are fighting around this set. Uh, Rhea gets Mitch the potted plant, throws it at Charlotte. They're punching each other, laying each other out. But then you start to realize that on top of your house is Io Shirai. She's up there. She's lost in the sky. Now, Io Shirai gets me high, but Io Shirai gets real high as she does a diving crossbody off the house. Yeah. This is crazy. We There's a the, the image of her just flying. There's the classic meme of Lady Gaga at the Super Bowl. Remember when she was just like, Duh, and she like, jumps, <laughs> jumps. There's like sad jump. She just like falls. Io Shirai is like, woo, that, flying I, here. I think just how colorful the set was as well here. It's just such a cool picture. Yeah. This isn't off of like some dirty balcony. This is a she's house. jumping off this house in and the suburbs. Blue sky and pink and, and like lawn. It, it looked great. This looked is really a crazy cool. visual. Io Shirai with a crossbody off the house onto both of them. Uh, Io Shirai. Uh, gets real high. They go back into the ring somehow. Rhea Ripley hits a riptide on Charlotte off the top rope. Now, this is how Rhea Ripley pinned and beat Shayna Baszler, but Io Shirai breaks it up, starts to hit a series of strikes, including the classic palm strikes to Rhea Ripley. Charlotte then gets into the ring with a kendo stick, just starts beating the shit out of Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. Then there's a uh, a huge spear at one point from Charlotte. Charlotte then locks in the figure four on Rhea Ripley, which then starts to bridge into the figure eight. And I'm screaming at my TV, where's EO? But EO climbs the top. EO hits a moonsault. And when I say hits a moonsault, more like a flying upside down knee to the head of Rhea Ripley. EO lands on top of Ripley while she's still in the figure four. But Charlotte is trapped in the legs and can't reach to break the the move. Io Shirai pins Rhea Ripley to become NXT Women's Champion. Io Shirai gets me high. We can all rejoice. The NXT Women's Division is in good hands. I am so excited. The watch-along video is on YouTube, but I screamed. (laughs) I shouted, oh, Io, 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 oh. Oh, it's done. The Charlotte Flair thing has happened. It was cool. It was great. But let's get back to business. Let's push the the hottest star on this show tonight was Io Shirai. She jumped off a fucking house and she won the title. This saved the show for me. This was my match of the night. Uh, Not just because my favorite wrestler, Io Shirai, won. But this just clicked for me. It was like, oh, the rest of the show was kind of had some broken up parts. We need to kind of fix it. And this match delivered for me. Really love this. I I really enjoyed the match. As I said earlier, I loved how it kind of always felt like three people were wrestling. Some of the, uh, some of like the counters and the, uh, just the speed of the match was excellent. Um, I'm happy EO won. What was the point in the Charlotte thing though? She's going out, she's going out, not even taking the pin. She's, she's been champion since April, beginning of April. 
and she's losing having she's come in she beat Rhea who is your project who you seem very like the WWE NXT seem very high up on she beat Rhea and she didn't lose the NXT title by being pinned and now she's going back to the main roster kind of what was the point Triple H as, as much as much as I loved the match I'm just scratching my head why okay so Triple H said tonight uh, with his like weird post show yeah. thing, um, he said that this this booking will make sense in a few months, which means Charlotte's on to some next kind of thing. But I think that this would lead to EO versus Charlotte, like a big takeover, like SummerSlam match. That's what I want. I mean, there there is. Um... But Charlotte is now advertised to face Oscar on Monday Night Raw. Like, so, like, what? If they come back to this, I mean, I would say, isn't could there be an argument for Charlotte seeing that? her legs were connected. So technically like yeah. we've seen, okay, by another company, but you can pin someone with a figure. Four. Oh no, they got out of it pretty good at the finish was pretty, the finish was pretty She slick. was still connected after the three count. Yeah. But it was so, like, it was like EO clearly had the clearly had the, cause, cause Charlotte was already almost break, breaking out of it. She wasn't concerned about the pin. She was trying to, she was already like distangled, but it was too late right. to break. The, the finish was really well done, in my opinion. Uh, it had some like stuff that was kind of like the beginning, you said, where the baby faces had to look kind of dumb. But for me, this was, this was my match of the night. I really like the fact that Charlotte thing can, we can just move on from that. Like it, it was, I, I don't, I don't hate the thing because you know what? It got a lot of people to tune in to, to, to watch this product and it kind of moves the thing along. The issue is it kind of did the opposite of, you know, the women's division was considered so like hot and so fresh and, and so many things. And then Charlotte kind of came in here and you're like, Oh, this could be so good. And it was okay. But I think it's okay. It didn't really work. Let's move on. I, I just feel there's, I think there's more in it with EO pinning Charlotte in yeah. this and then Charlotte going back to the main roster pissed off. Her first feud can be a baby face joking about how she went back to NXT and lost. And then Charlotte can destroy them in a match and go on a winning streak until she's ready to win one of the main roster titles. I'm just, you're coming in. It's Charlotte's you're, you're not, WWE. You're not doing business. It. I, I, I'm not mad at this because my favorite wrestler won tonight, but the Charlotte things you should, you should have been mad at WrestleMania. You shouldn't be mad tonight. It's finally moving no, away from it. Because WrestleMania was the start of the Rhea, Charlotte. of Charlotte in NXT. Yeah. But what's the point in doing that if there's never a, if there's no payoff? I I mean I don't know what to tell you because Charlotte is that WWE thing. Like that's why you people fucking hate her. So like yeah yeah. Uh, I it didn't. I told I, you it didn't I do really, what it was supposed to do. I really enjoyed the match. I yeah. But I feel that uh, there's a EO versus Charlotte match out there that we hadn't really properly seen. I think that should have been when EO wins the title. Yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm not I'm not mad at that. Look, uh, I think they realized, ooh, maybe we... This whole WWE thing is with the brands is interesting because we are in this pandemic. NXT has felt like a WWE, just a brand. It hasn't felt like that original show that it kind of felt like like a year ago prior to the USA deal. So when they would mix Charlotte over, it didn't even feel that different. She's just fighting different people, wrestling different people. But... Uh, I guess it didn't work as well, so they moved away. It saved Charlotte. Of course, Charlotte not taking the p- Charlotte taking the pin tonight was never going to happen. I don't know what universe people think. Then I, like, I don't see why I put the title on her in the first yeah, place. I mean, that's you knew that from the beginning, so I'm I'm not mad at that because, like, yeah, there's not a chance in hell that was happening. I just I agree that I would rather see like the SummerSlam takeover is a rematch, but EO Charlotte 
takeover and then EO gets the win there or Charlotte like fuck I don't even I'd know I like that but I think Charlotte's done yeah of I, course I think she's just going back to Raw and this will never be mentioned so Monday Night Raw is Asuka versus Charlotte for the title <laughs> they'll probably mention this really briefly on commentary tomorrow but kind of pretend this never happened Charlotte like probably was like ooh everyone's talking about the women's division NXT better go over there and then kind of stinks up the joint and then it's like okay better leave well I, I mean I think it, <laughs> I think it was a way to try and spike ratings and it didn't work I guess. So they're just moving on from it. I don't know. It's I'm a fan of Charlotte. Wrong, I, I, I love Io Shariah. I think she's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I'm I'm really high on her. I really want to see her as women's champion. I thought this match was great. I just, I'm scratching my head at why bother doing the Charlotte thing in the first place. Yeah, I, I can see that totally. But I am just excited that Io Shirai has won the women's title because now that can go into like so many directions too. You could do like TV program with Rhea Ripley. She's still in NXT or is she main roster? We don't know. But there's so many different women we saw in that six women's tag earlier that like there's so many potential for so many people that we 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 do love in our in the NXT women's division and like yeah Charlotte kind of shoehorned again into taking time away from all those other people um i feel, now can go in a different direction i feel the Candice um rematch is something i want to see and now yes. obviously the roles are reversed with Candice being a heel yeah. Io being your baby face um yeah well this was this was my match of the night i i think i, I watch wrestling for wrestling and i i thought i got my my wrestling fix out of this match and there were so many times where you know you you mentioned that that dream adam cole match that we didn't like the match but by the end we were like we really don't want dream to win this so we were biting on it but here i was like man i don't want charlotte to win this because like i want this to be over so when she was she hit the natural selection she's hitting all sorts of things i'm like ah oh, no please <laughs> any, no please um and then of course io shirai with that like that dive off the house is just incredible yeah, i i hope ria's face is okay from no it was Io, as well. oh yeah from the moon so io shirai's face looks like it slaps off the ground when she does that cross body off the house but this was cool i i i know when usa launched with nxt the show eo was in the first match right when we tuned yep. in on that first thing because i think she's such like a, a character that stands out like the way she looks the way she acts and the way she wrestles and finally getting this big win at the end here with the confetti and the celebration and oh it's it's long overdue absolutely yes definitely um, she completely deserves it 100 percent. i agree this was my match of the night i really really enjoyed um priest versus bala as well but I think, um, yeah, the, the women's main, definitely my match tonight. I'd say overall, um, overall, I enjoyed the show. Um, I think having the audience helped so much. This, this, this felt like a strong NXT show for me. Um, but there were definitely weak points to it, which normally you're used to take over kind of every match being great, but building on what went on before it yeah so but i would say i enjoyed like four of the matches tonight uh, obviously wrestling is just different because of this this whole mm. era that we're in like it just won't as much as they're trying it won't ever feel the exact same as it, what it was but they tried here tonight and they did a they did a good job i enjoyed a lot of the stuff i liked damian priest and finn balor i thought that was a lot of fun i liked a lot of the the, the actual wrestling portion of gargano and lee was good like the little parts of it were like oh these guys could go out there for 40 minutes and put on a classic but instead they did that gimmick shit and it was just weird um but the real low point for me that made me go ooh, 
maybe we should rethink on what we're doing here because your world title was Adam Cole and Dream in a parking lot. Fucking terrible. Yeah. We we make movies. Well, this was a bad one. Yeah. Because this this was one of my least favorite things I've seen because it just you could have just done a, a hardcore match where they they kill each other, but the way this was shot with the cuts was not good. But I'm that, very. I mean, ha- that, that match for me was dead on arrival. Yeah, yeah, it was already just from the beginning. Um, but I, I I will say I'm a big Io Shirai fan. I was wearing my Io Shirai mask earlier tonight. I'm wearing my Io Shirai shirt. I was all ready, and it's always good when your favorite wrestler wins. Absolutely, so I'm happy. right. Uh, so. You can leave feedback every time we do uh, up next for whether it be NXT Wednesday reviews or these takeovers, forum.postwrestling.com. And we have a bunch of feedback to get through tonight for yeah, this takeover. First takeover in ages. Yeah. So we'll start with a guy who was in our YouTube room tonight, Paul from New Jersey. Solid start with the women. Glad Knox got the pinfall. Surprised at how good Bala Priest was. Speaking of surprised, Cole and Dream sucked ass and not in the good way. This and the cross match took the air out of the show. But you know who didn't? Kona fucking Reed <laughs> on that phone Drink. all show long, probably marking out over the BDE. Let's get this guy over. Kona fact. Kona does have a victory in 2020. January 10th, he defeated Daniel Vidal. Io Shirai gets us all high. Long time coming. Great watch along, guys. Thank you very much, Paul. Yeah, I feel Kona Reeves is like our unofficial third presenter, right? He's such a character. I can't wait to talk to him one day to get him on this show. Uh, the, yeah, I know tonight when he was on his phone, he was he, he was telling someone, yo, these guys are doing a drinking game when I'm on TV. I got to get on. I got to get on screen so they can drink and get lit. Uh, thank you, Kona. You were doing it for us, the people. Um Luigi Peppercorn. It's me, uh, Luigi. I thought this was mostly a good show, with the North American title match being absolutely stellar. I really enjoyed Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Fun note, this was my girlfriend's first time seeing Priest, and she has never been more repulsed. That, and I told her he used to go by the name Punishment Martinez, and she didn't stop laughing for nearly the entire match. I thought the NXT title match would have worked better without the silly camera stuff. I love the main event. EO is a maniac, and I'm living for it. Yeah, she jumped off your house. <laughs> we go to MJ from NJ. I think I'm just getting the New Jersey guys today. Yeah. I love smart finishes, and that is what the main event was for me tonight. Make EO the new champion look great. Charlotte said stayed strong and would have won, not for EO out of the sky, and Rhea takes a pin after both EO and Flair hit the biggest moves on her. Smart all the way round and a great match. DIY are falling quickly into the jobbers uh, into the jobbers to the new stars role. It makes no sense to bring them together again, but the tag division could use it. All call-ups now that everything is the same schedule. Cross is a star. Bala is on a real hot streak since his return to NXT. He's beat Riddle, Dragunov, Gargano, and Priest at takeovers. He's got to be in line for Cole, who desperately needs a serious program after this heartless feud with Dream. Could Cole and Bala beyond the SummerSlam proper. Wait a second. He's on a roll. He beat Riddle, Gargano, and Priest. You named losers. And you also named Dragunov. People listening right now don't even know who that is. <laughs> I wouldn't call that a hot streak, but you're not wrong. Balor could be into contention for the title. Uh, would that be your SummerSlam takeover? I think, I mean, when you look back to kind of think like Alistair Black's rise before he was number one contender, that yeah. it is 
we often have these we call kind of unofficial number one contender matches on takeovers. Yeah. And they're normally the match that isn't a title match. So I agree. I think Balor's probably in line to go to... Which is what we thought with the weird backwards booking weeks ago when he was attacked, when he really wasn't, and then he came back. Like, it was just backwards. I think maybe they're just trying to move him into this edgy face role because they had him as a as a heel and i think they want to kind of solidify him as a proper baby face put some wins under him before going up against cole and i think yeah so i see that being the program and i see leon cross for the north american uh also mj from nj said that finn balor's on this hot streak uh finn balor lost to someone who's on the hottest streak Cameron Grams. Cameron Don't Grams. ever forget it because he'll tell you every Wednesday night that he beat Finn Balor. We go to Wrestling Graham, NXT's best showing in quite some time. Highlights for me was the backlot brawl and that main event. What a pleasant surprise by having Io Shirai go over. The only thing missing was the signature takeover tag title match. Nine streamers out of ten. Yeah, Io Shirai got the streamers out for sure. Mm. We go to Mystery. Very fun show. Best parts for me was Shirai winning and Balor Priest. Hated the backlot brawl so much, though. I legitimately had to go get an aspirin during it. It gave me a massive <laughs> headache. <laughs> legitimately the worst match in TakeOver history. Y- you might be right. Yo, I said it. It sucked. Two other fun facts about the women's triple threat match tonight. Io was screaming out Hannah's name when she pinned Rhea. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Charlotte now has the shortest NXT women's title reign in history at 63 days, beating out the old record of 71 days with Kyrie Zayn. Charlotte also has zero successful defenses, technically. <laughs> wow. As an aside, I feel like ending with the women's triple threat was definitely the way to go. Cold Dream was really underwhelming. As for Charlotte and her future on NXT, she seems to be done if her tweets are any indi- indication. Yeah, and he's I have the tweet them, here. I can't see them here. Yeah, I have the tweets here. Charlotte says, I've been in a lot of wrestling rings lately. I know you all know. But sharing the ring with Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai tonight was a con- continuation of the legacy of WWE NXT Women's Division. Paige, Natty, Sasha, Becky, Bailey, Asuka, Shayna, and so many more. This belongs to you now. Congrats, Shirai Io. So yeah, quite out of character tweet there. Uh, yeah, confirms to me that she's done, I would say. Done with wrestling? Done. She's just done. Oh, okay. <laughs> I built here and I'm leaving. No, she don't even go she's here. She's just back to rule. Jalen from Pickering says, Pretty bland show to me. The only decent characters at the moment are Lee, Loomis, and Shirai. Maybe it was because we were missing the banger tag match we've come to expect. But this show did nothing for me. Highlights of the show were Todd Petten- Pettengill, Lee clotheslining Gargano out of his shoes, and Shirai's celebration. Unfortunately, this show just reminded me why I haven't been watching. There you go. A lot of people have zoned out, tuned out of wrestling since this whole pandemic. And it's kind of showing that this is the one show you're like, okay, let me give them a chance. Like there was some high points, but if I was a guy who, who was watching NXT or wrestling week to week, and then, you know, things, life gets in the way and you kind of zone out and then you, you go, Oh, tonight's the, that, that main event, the show, I'll watch it. And then you saw that parking lot match. I don't know what your reaction would be to continue watching. Mm. in this time if you took a break but yeah i hear what you're saying yeah and and about not having a tag match i i agree with you i'd have taken the brit and brawlers imperium versus britain brawlers over dream cole yeah get the nxt title off the show just get a hot tag. anything is possible now when you have that shit world title match that legit it was i said it, it was one of the worst title matches i've ever seen in not even just nxt but like wrestling that was bad we go to the sushi master the chosen one ah. charbel 
This was a nice takeover. Oh, it was nice. First time that I'm not hype as fuck and that after the show, the only thing I want to do is go check Twitter to see how people are raving about the show. But even that said, I had a great time. Quick notes. Think Priest has a lot of potential. This was his best performance. I'm sure they could do better things with him if he wasn't a vampire. Uh, Live forever. uh, He kind of looked like Alistair. He just kills some dude. That's it. Drop the archer gimmick and I'm sure there's something to do with him. Uh, this guy is no Baron Corbin. Of course not. Cross and Champa. Wow. At the start, I was like, are they going to put Cross over quick? He was no selling shit. This was awesome. They are really building a huge new star in him. He has everything. I see they trust him a lot. I don't understand what he's doing in NXT. I would give Cross the Finn treatment on the main roster. Go to SmackDown. Kill three quarters of the roster. Beat Braun, period. New champ. Wow. Book it. Was Gargano, uh, was Johnny Gargano Deadpool? Uh, no, I no. think we've gone over that. Uh, I love cable. the match. It could have been better as there were a few sloppy moves. But is there something that Gargano can't do? I really enjoy him as a heel. The women's, wow, this is the best women's match of the year. I'm not reading the next bit, Sharp. <laughs> and last thing, Kona tweeted back at the Bray D. This is one hell of a night, Bray D. EO wins. Kona replied, what else can happen tonight? The night is young, Charbella. You know why? Because it ended at like 9.30. I swear oh. this event ended so Wait, early tonight. We, we're finishing this review before we normally finish our NXT regular Show, review. Like, so yeah. this is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for the feedback. Thank you, everyone, for our live watch-along yes. that we did. We will be doing a backlash watch-along. We, we do our... NXT post shows live on YouTube every Wednesday night. Up ne- YouTube.com slash up next for all that stuff. Uh, join our new Facebook page and group. It's been super fun. We do like live chats during all the wrestling shows. John Cena, our associate producer, has been using the Facebook thing and our Twitter at up next podcast on Twitter as well. And follow all the stuff we've been doing because this takeover had some hits and misses. But uh, we we review NXT every week, and it's been getting like better and better in this pandemic era. So listen to us do that. Um, tonight was a lot of fun with the watch along stuff. Like I know me and Davey were roommates, but we're stuck inside a lot in this pandemic, and to talk to people all over the world via the internet and watch wrestling in a watch along thing is really strange, but really cool. Yeah, and really it, fun. It's something I, I I'm really glad we started doing. Um... I'm glad kind of we learned how to use OBS. And that, um, no, it, it's so much fun. And, and I think especially during these times, people need that communication with people and to get together with wrestling friends, especially friends, friends especially if you don't necessarily have friends you can talk to about wrestling. Yeah. I think these watch alongs are a great, great way to consume these shows. So we do NXT reviews every Wednesday. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash up next. Every Thursday we do AEW NXT kind of both reviews. We watch AEW and do that every Thursday on the Patreon. Uh, we also have uh, monthly schedules. We do best match ever, which we are doing a best of backlash this week. We're going to watch the best backlash matches and rate and review and just figure out which is the best ever, not the greatest wrestling match ever. Oh, well, no, because that's coming next Sunday. But surprisingly enough, backlash has had some bangers in the past. Uh, So we've got that. We're doing best of the super juniors uh, from the last 10 years. The best of the super juniors finals from the last 10 years coming up later in the month, as well as uh, blood sport, Starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. We've just put out a review of The Wrestler. We've also got My Dad is a Heel Wrestler with WH Park at the end of the month. But for free, if you want a little taster 
of what our movie reviews are like, we will be putting out a final Star Wars review this Ooh. Thursday, where we will be looking at the rise of Skywalker. Star Wars, it all ends with this free review on the very free feed. We've been doing so many podcasts. Like you said, we're stuck inside. So the past month of podcasting was crazy. We did a best match ever, Stan Hansen with John Pollock, which was super nerdy. We are an NXT podcast, so we do Was Next, where we've been watching NXT from the very start. Uh, this past week, we did a Was Next, and it was the debut of a guy, you may have heard of him, Roman Reigns, which was, which was just so weird to see him in tights. I think it was Trump's. more Al Pacino then than Roman yeah, Reigns. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Right? was. Yeah, <laughs> that was the that's not the Godfather. But we also <laughs> reviewed that last week on the Patreon. Our Patreon is lit. You are lit for listening to us. Thank you so much for listening to Up Next. We will be back next Wednesday night with another edition of Up Next. Uh, again, follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Up Next Podcast and Facebook.com slash Up Next Podcasts. You can find myself, Brayden Harrington. I am on Twitter and Instagram. I am at the Bray D. And I am at Davey Portman. So take care of yourselves in these crazy times. Uh, the world has gone mad, but it doesn't mean you need to. So take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Goodbye and be safe. Oh, and, and one more thing. Io Shirai gets me high. Did anyone order an Uber? <laughs> Ahoy! I'm gonna go put my Io Shirai mask back on. Hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs>